97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, never a bad time to talk a little college football. Brian Fisher, national college football writer for Fox Sports, kind enough to hang out with us. Brian, how you doing, man? Hey, Brian. I'm doing doing well. Good to be on with you guys. You think the muscle memory will come back on NCAA football after 10 years when it comes back? <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm sure it will. And I think uh, I, I speak for a lot of folks that uh, certainly grew up in, in a certain era uh, of playing that game religiously. You know, uh, I, you know, I think every every time after school, anytime you had really any kind of free time, especially during the summers when it came out, like that was uh, kind of your go to. And I uh, definitely made, uh, you know, a, a lot of my friends pretty mad on that. And I'm sure I'll uh, be doing the same uh, with, with a lot more new friends uh, over the summer. You know, Brian, I I. Uh... Got to play in the NFL for a few years. I was on two editions of the Maddens, and we got, I think it was an $8,000 royalty check for the for the Maddens. And I remember thinking, man, I wish I would have got those for the NCAA ones. I was on four of those. Are they paying these guys? How much money are they paying? And can I get paid for the ones I was on back in the 90s? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, you might have to uh, to talk with a lawyer on the, on that last one for for sure. And uh, you know, I, I think there there definitely is some progression towards you know paying some of the players to, to be a part of this video game. I, I think the the final form factor of that is still kind of being worked out. You know, EA Sports has um, been in, in in talks, and they've had an agreement with uh, you know one team partners and a few others that are kind of handling the back end so so to speak of of that and you know frankly you know you kind of anticipate a lot of these players kind of opting in uh probably over these next couple of months you know i think now that there's kind of more information about the game uh they can really kind of start down that that road uh with the players themselves it's obviously difficult you know i, I think one of the things that it's kind of come across, you know, in, in terms of talking with a lot of the folks uh, either connected to the game or uh, over at One Team Partners that uh, are kind of handling some of the licensing is that, you know, they, they have problems, you know, and just in terms of keeping track with some of the players moving from team to team and these transfer portal windows. So, like, that's something they're still also kind of trying to figure out. And so I would anticipate that uh, there will be certain players, you know, in the game that uh, you're able to play as uh, on, on these real-life teams. And, you know, what kind of likeness they have, that sort of thing is probably still uh, still being worked out. And it seems like they're, they're at least on the path to that but that's kind of like the, the final piece of the puzzle uh if you will and, and i don't i don't anticipate it come anywhere uh co- coming close to some of those madden payouts this is probably going to be a couple hundred dollars which will be nice for a lot of those college kids but uh, this is not anywhere near in terms of that kind of big nil payday that uh, i think a lot of people were anticipating when this game uh, was first announced when you look at the demise of the pac-12 and george Golovkov essentially sent packing earlier today the uh, the announcement coming from the conference that they, uh, you know, it's a mutual decision. But uh, when you look at the percentage of who is to blame over the last several years, how much of that goes to Larry Scott, how much of that goes to the presidents, and how much of that goes to George Klofkoff? 
Well, I would say probably sixty percent is is definitely on the presidents. Like they they, they definitely occupy kind of the, the lion's share of mistakes here. Number one of which is, is kind of keeping Larry Scott around, you know, far too long than, than what he should have. And um, you know, I think uh, there has been you know quite a bit of turnover, certainly in terms of that presidential suite level uh, at, at a lot of schools. You know, a lot of key factors, you know, that are um, you know kind of led the Pac-12 down this road. And, and I think the, the presidents just kind of taking their eye off the ball in terms of what's happening in college athletics in general kind of understanding the landscape, uh, especially from from a media rights standpoint, uh, these last kind of two years or, or, or so as well, like they, that they deserve, you know, kind of the lion's share for sure. Uh, not, that's not to say that Larry Scott and George Klyovkov are, are blameless. You know, I, I think they each have uh, a lot of things that, that worked against them during their 10 years. And, you know, look, the, the fact of the matter is this happened, you know, the breakup at the Pac-12 happened under George Klyovkov's watch. So, uh, you know, he, he definitely uh, has probably a little bit more even than, than I think Larry Scott, just not really understanding the marketplaces that uh, he, he was kind of thrown into being an outsider in college athletics really kind of worked against him. But uh, I, you know, maybe, maybe 15, 20%, but the lion's share of the blame for the Pac-12 breakup is, I think ultimately falls on, on the presidents themselves. You know, Brian, I cannot believe how quiet they kept this. Our military needs to study USC and their exit from the Pac-12 because I still cannot believe the presidents and athletic directors that I've heard say, we knew nothing about it, didn't see it coming, didn't hear a word, didn't know it was going to happen. Because if they were going to save this, as soon as they heard any of the rumblings that USC was going to pull anchor and sell out, they needed to make sure that they were taking care of that. As you've done research and as you've listened and as all this fallout has played out, have you heard from anybody that said, yeah, we actually did get word on that. Yeah, we 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 did kind of know that was coming. Or did they really keep it that covert? You know, I, I think that was one of probably the biggest mistakes that, that George Kafka had, you know, really through, throughout the entire deal was just kind of, um, you know, not involving enough people that he probably should have. You know, and I think that definitely rubbed people uh, the, the wrong way. And, and look, I, I understand that a lot of these things, you know, you, you need to keep them in house. You don't you don't want leaks every uh, on every kind of move that you make, especially in, in a lot of those negotiation types. But, uh, you know, I, I think there should have been more questions asked uh, by presidents, by ADs, more of a push really uh, to kind of open things up because the, the piecemeal way that everything was was kind of dealed out, uh, I think definitely contributed to it. And frankly, it's just an entire PR disaster from from the PR from from the Pac-12, you know, in general. You know, I, I think that was the the thing that really frustrated me the most. Uh, whether you're you know a reporter reporting on these things, whether you're a Pac-12 fan out there, really just the entire PR strategy, uh, you know, going into things, um, you know, some of the statements that were made, it just never kind of really made sense, especially when you would talk with people in the know and and get their sense of their frustration. Frustration. Um, you know, I, I think it was a whole lot, a lot of missteps, but uh, the, the PR strategy in, involved in everything, uh, and you know, really kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And I, I think ultimately contributed a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. Hmm. Brian Fisher joining us, college football writer uh, for Fox Sports. All right, so Brian, uh, the ESPN and the college football playoff, they get a six-year, seven point eight billion dollars. So essentially, you're looking at well over a billion dollars a year for the rights to the college football playoff. Did that number exceed expectations? Was it about in the range where you thought it was going to be? Kind of give me your thoughts when you saw that number come across the wire. 
I, I think it was a little disappointing if you're, you know, some of the CFP staff or, or certainly some of the schools kind of involved in, in looking at some of those payouts down the road. You know, and I think in, in this media environment, is it an increase? Is it, uh, you know, upping with a, a pretty good uh, media partner in, in a changing world? Sure. All, all, all those things. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I think if you had asked somebody maybe a couple of years ago, you know, when, when the media rights market was a little bit hotter, and this is obviously something that the Pac-12 kind of ran into, and, and even the Big 12 to a lesser extent when they redid their their extension, you know, it, it's just not, you know, nobody's really kind of ponying up uh, for these things. And, and frankly, I, I think ESPN was kind of bidding against themselves. You know, this is not a, a package that ever really, really truly went to market. You know, you, you could say, yes, after these next two years, you, you could start to negotiate beyond that. But, you know, ESPN still had some some things that, uh, that they could kind of leverage uh, in this. And I, I really don't did, never got the sense that as much as, um, you know, the CBSs and Foxes and, and NBCs of the world would, would definitely have some interest in part of the playoff package. You know, it really never got to the, the point where you're talking openly about having, a, you know, multiple networks involved in, in bidding for certain games, having a conference championship rotation in terms of um, some, some of the title games and, and semifinal rotations, you know, really never kind of got to that point. And ultimately, this is kind of the, the, the best deal that uh, the CFP could come up with. And I, I think at the end of the day, when you're looking at this kind of towards the back end of the deal, especially, you know, four or five years from now, uh, it kind of looks like a sweetheart deal for, for ESPN. They're, they're locking up a, a marquee property in, in a changing media environment, and they're going to have a, a lot of control over things and, and a lot of control over uh, what we have kind of seen seen uh, really emerge as America's second most popular sport. There's really kind of only one thing out there, you know, for all the talk about NBA rights and everything coming up, um, you know, there's really only one thing that uh, is, is anywhere completely comparable or even in the region in terms of number of viewers to the NFL right now. And, and that's college football. And, uh, you know, for ESPN to kind of lock up uh, essentially the postseason format and expanded postseason format that keep in mind is not just going to occupy, you know, the regular season, but really going to occupy America's attention across multiple months. Now, it's not just going to be a January thing. It's not going to be a, just a new year's day type of thing. This is going to be a multi, you know, multi-week, multi-month uh, kind of focus for, for a lot of the uh, football interested country. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's ultimately a, a great deal for ESPN, a solid deal for the CFP. And we'll see in terms of the schools themselves and ultimately the fans themselves as well, as good a job as ESPN does in terms of presenting this game. I, I think there could have been, um, you know, certainly a lot more interest uh, drummed up if there had been multiple networks involved, and uh, maybe there is still the, the, that in the end. But uh, you know, there, there's no no doubt in my mind that this kind of it kind of reeks a little bit of, of a bit of a sweetheart deal for ESPN. Brian, I want you to give me some of the details and insights into this alliance between the Big Ten and the SEC that we just saw this merged alliance and what they're working towards. What does it mean? Does it have more meaning than the last alliance that we saw that was an absolute joke. Kind of walk us through what it what it may inflect and, and mean in the future of college football. You know, I, I think it's certainly a statement of intent that, uh, you know, kind of everybody's kind of, you know, questioned in terms of, all right, well, when are the, the SEC and the Big Ten really the, the power to really going to start to kind of flex their muscles a bit? And this is not necessarily that, but I, I think it's a uh, sign that, you know what, we, we can if we want to. And and I do believe Tony Petiti and, and, and Greg Sankey in terms of they, they want to be inclusive, they like how college sports is, you know, they, they really want to lean into, you know, kind of the current system, fix a lot of the things that, um, you know, that, that are plaguing it. But at the end of the day, they also want to do what's best for their schools. And they understand that the power that they now have. And I think this is kind of, uh, you know, a march towards that, you know, and, and I think it's, it's certainly 
early days for things. You know, it, it is a committee. You know, it, it feels like every time any college sports wants to do anything, it's uh, all right. Put put a bunch of people in the room and have a couple of meetings and, and talk some things out. And this is certainly the early stages of that. But you know, you can definitely kind of tell. This is uh, maybe down the road, you know, when, when push comes to shove, you know, if this group wants to do something, um, they're going to be more inclined to do this and, and kind of throw their weight around. And I, I think that is certainly the, the takeaway that I got, the takeaway that a lot of college leaders have got that, uh, you know, now now the Big Ten and the SEC, you know, that they're certainly at the top of the table and, um, you know, they're starting to make sure that their voices are going to be heard. And whether that comes down to things like, you know, paying athletes directly, you know, this this whole thing that regarding Charlie Baker's new proposal, maybe shaping it. In, in a manner that uh, they they liked more so than say um, your average group of five school or, or even what the Big Twelve and ACC want, um, you know, in terms of some of the lawsuit and legal settlements that they're, they're going to have to go through. Um, you kind of get the sense that this is kind of the, the first foray in ter- terms of uh, you know the, these Big Ten and SEC schools kind of saying, all right, here's what we want to do, and then you guys can go ahead and do what your own things. And, and I think that's kind of where we're ultimately headed with uh, not only this this alliance that uh, is, is not uh, not signed on the out of the line by any stretch of the imagination, but is kind of much more of a statement of intent for a lot of these schools saying, you know what, we're, we're kind of fi- finally tired of uh, going along with the group. We're going to do our own thing, and you guys can either join us or you guys can go your separate ways. Do you feel like we're going to get a uh, free run on transfers where guys can transfer as many times as they want and be immediately eligible? You know, I certainly from a legal standpoint, you know, that seems like where, where we're headed. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely talking with a lot of folks a couple months ago at, at the NCAA convention and the just, uh, you know, in general, uh, since a lot of these legal rulings have come down. You know, I do feel like there is going to be some movement towards tying transfers to kind of academics. And, and you know, there's there's been some things around that in terms of, you know, progress towards your degree, that sort of thing. I, I think Stiffening some of those restrictions up a little bit, um, you know, is, is probably going to be coming down the pipe at some point. You know, whether that stands up to things like antitrust scrutiny and some of the courts, um, yeah, I think is kind of the, the big unknown and what uh, a lot of leaders are kind of questioning. And, and a lot of that's going to kind of come down to these really these next six months or so in terms of where the NCAA is going. But I, I do get the sense that you know nobody wants this this free agency on a constant basis, you know, and I think there, there's definitely some, some tired coaches out there, you know, kind of having to not only re-recruit their roster on on really a monthly basis almost, you know, but really um, the administrators are tired of it too. You know, you know, anytime a guy transfers, you're, you're involving your compliance department, you're involving, you know, a lot of people around your football ops uh, and, and scouting, you know, areas. So like, it's not just the, the the kids themselves, you know, transferring around and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of work on these athletic staffers as well. And I, so I think there is, going to be a realization and maybe some more additional guardrails, if you will, in terms of tying transfers to academics and actually making this uh, much more a part of, you know, the college experience. You know, yes, we understand that, uh, you know what, a lot of these, you know, players can can move around freely and kind of test the waters as as they will. But uh, at the end of the day, you know what, uh, you still got to get your degree. And I think a lot of people are kind of coming around to the realization that, you know, and instead of having these restrictions like you only you can only transfer once or you can only do this, as long as you're kind of moving towards that degree, maybe maybe that's the way to kind of slow things down just a little bit while still offering that flexibility for players that you know what frankly do have to end up moving around and do want to find a, a better experience for them uh, you know on a day to day basis and and we'll ultimately see I think some of some progress towards that uh, in in these next couple of months. Well, Brian, we appreciate your time. Thanks for carving out a few moments for us, and I look forward to catching up with you down the line. Thanks, Brian. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good to be on with you guys.
There he is, Brian Fisher, Fox Sports, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 